Ethan, you made it! Hey, Barrett. Uh, interesting outfit you have there. I mean, I could say the same to you. Like, where's your gear? I have my player's handbook and my dice right here. Why are you in a leather mask? Did you not read my text? I mean, yeah, dude. You said let's roleplay in the dungeon this weekend. Ooh, okay. All right. I, I see the confusion. No, no, no. This is a different kind of dungeon. Yeah, I see that now. Probably should have pieced that together when I walked by all those people in leather. So, you still want to get weird? Can I think about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no pressure. I don't want to pressure in anything. Uh, you know, why don't we sit down? Let's watch a little double feature and we'll think about it. Hi. Welcome to the Enter the Dungeon double feature special presented by Jabbermouths. That was a lovely intro from our producer team, and it sounds like they have a lot to think about over the next hour or so while myself and uh, JD here and <laughs> my colleague, uh, who can who needs no introduction, except she does. <laughs> no, I don't need it. Uh, and Georgia, you know, I hope they figure out what they want to get done. Like, I hope they... I don't know. I honestly hope that Ethan goes for it, right? Like, you only get chances like that so often in life, you know? Depends on who your friends are, I think. That's fair. I was raised very conservatively. I only get those choices so often in life. <laughs> Gotta really strike while the iron's hot there. <laughs> Literally. Um, anyway, we watched two lovely, lovely films this uh, this time around, centered around Dungeons and Dragons. A and game that we play. We do. Together, we all very, four of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we have a blast. I can't believe how much fun we actually have being being a bunch of weirdos playing uh in mystical ways uh it's a weird nice creative outlet more than anything else to just kind of like tell a story without feeling like the weight of it i guess our dm feels the weight of it a little <laughs> bit because we do stupid stuff yeah, often we don't feel the weight of it we feel like i'm going on an adventure yeah <laughs> so for us it's great i mean your character tries to sleep with anything that walks to be fair i am a bard and i feel like i'm just really living into the stereotype and also who doesn't want to pretend to be uh, a horny bard at least once in their life <laughs> sure. i thought about doing that i really did and then i thought no i'm gonna be a religious freak for a while <laughs> same thing horny bard what? religious freak yeah i was like well, i'll be a religious freak with a lot of sexual undertones that'll maybe come out at some point oh they've come out <laughs> I, they have come out just like the you know the catholic church the, the sexual undertones find their way out wow <laughs> What? I connected that to religion. That you all did. made that sense. That was really good. Like, you know, it, it, was, it was solid. Right. <laughs> so, speaking of horrible religious over and undertones, the first one we watched was a little film by the name Mazes and Monsters, starring a very young, very new to the film world, Tom Hanks. I think this was the first thing he ever did, wasn't it? It wasn't his first thing, but it was his first, like, leading role. It was a 1982 made-for-TV film based mm -hmm. on the 1981 novel of the same name so you know going oh. into this it was already only made for tv so like that kind of already set the bar of the quality that we were going to get into oh totally it's yeah even by 1980 standards it's they they played as safe as they possibly can other than some like hallucinations of monsters that happen later in the film <laughs> it's other than that it's very you know straightforward um i never thought especially since like i was raised with castaway and toy story and Catch me if you can. I never thought in a million years I was going to get to see Tom Hanks stab a guy in an alley. <laughs> he's just not that kind of person. Right? <laughs> right? Like, he's just too sweet to even play a role like that. But no, in this one, sure enough, we just... 
we get into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say as far as Tom Hanks roles go, this is probably one of his worst. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say the acting pretty much across the board actually isn't that bad. I was going to say the complete opposite. You think it's I, awful? I thought I it was fine. I thought it was pa- down, especially Tom Hanks I thought was bad. No, I thought, I literally, this acting is bad is my note. Um, I think it was all very... It was over the top of like it's it's a nineteen eighties film and I get that. Yeah. But everyone like the way they talked, like they were talking like this. Like every line was as if they were reading it. See, I felt that more we'll get to the second film, but maybe that's because the second film was just so much more over the top oh that God. like by comparison it didn't bother me much. Uh, but like I thought the acting was very bad in this. I have this weird thing. And it's specific to 80s movies, the way I judge them. Because there are gems that are phenomenal from the 80s, and it, it's really hard not to... And there's gems from like every decade like that. But whenever I... And, and Barrett and I, at this point, have seen so many really bad 80s movies that I guess it just becomes a natural thing to think, well, it's not as bad as this, therefore it's okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> right. Like, because I think about Conan, for instance. That's one of the first ones I think about. Yeah, I know, it's weird. It's a weird connection. It's a fantasy, actual fantasy world. And this mm-hmm. is a movie about the stupid stuff of fantasy. And all of those lines are really bad. Like, the writing is actually kind of good in Conan, in the first one. But it's delivered horribly by by almost everybody. But it's fun. It's just stupid fun. This wasn't fun. Do you want to give no, a... No, no. It, it wasn't. The synopsis of the film. Like, okay, so, so we got overview. we got our, our... Is it, I believe, five main players to this? Four main players. Four main players. Yes, because it's four <laughs> in a team, right? They need four for the, for the D&D. We got... The first guy we we meet is JJ. Yes, he is a child prodigy. Prodigy. Full. <laughs> prodigy. Sorry, um, I'm clearly not a prodigy. Is that, is that water or like it's, vodka? You're it's drinking? straight vodka. Um, and they mentioned he's got a 190 IQ and that he's a short king, which I thought was really funny. And my favorite part about JJ is he in every scene that he's in, he's wearing like a weird wacky hat. Like, and they don't explain they it. They never it's so explain stupid. it. I, he's wearing like angry. a motorcycle helmet with a spike on it, and then another. He's wearing a pith hat, a hard hat, a, like old aviation school aviation, goggles. a cowboy hat in one scene. And it's never addressed. The the only time he's not wearing a hat is Halloween. Yes. In the Halloween party, <laughs> that's the only time he doesn't wear a hat. Like towards <laughs> the end of the film, and maybe they were trying to show that he was like changing a because towards the end he stopped wearing the hats, but it's never yeah. addressed, and he is our first member of this yeah. party that we're introduced. And then the second one we meet is Kate, which I'm not going to lie, the very first scene that Kate has, she's talking to a woman on the dock, and I wrote... I think that's her mother, isn't it? It is, but I wrote, lesbians? Yeah, it gave that <laughs> vibe a little bit. And the way that she's talking about how horrific men are in general, and that kind of gives that vibe a little bit too. Right. But it also gives a clue to like what all these people are going to have in common, and that's that they kind of have broken homes in one way or another. Exactly. JJ doesn't have a dad at home and the mom kind of doesn't realize that she cares more about her job than she cares about him mm-hmm. um kate. kate doesn't have a dad either and it's kind of creating this complex of men are all terrible yep. even though like the very next guy she meets she immediately falls <laughs> for um, and daniel yes daniel we meet daniel is a super rich kid his family wants him to be a computer it guy which back in the 80s he absolutely hopefully leaned into that because because it got so big well no, he said he's like i don't want to do it i want to build games that's what you want to do. And that could still be profitable. Yeah, it could still be profitable. I'll, I'll say this now and I'll explain it more later. I fucking hate Daniel. I don't like Daniel. Oh, I didn't see anything wrong with Daniel. You know what my issue with Daniel is? That. You know what his biggest problem is? Other than, like, because his parents actually care about him. Like, clearly care about him. They want him to do something other than what he wants to do, but they love him. Yeah. His issue is, I'm so pretty that I can only sleep with women. They don't ever want to have a real relationship. <laughs> That's his fucking problem. 
Are you kidding me, Daniel? That's... I bet you. I bet you. JJ was sitting there like, "Oh, what a what a hard life there, brother." I hope both your parents hear your problems all the time. <laughs> that's also that's fair. I will say, yeah, like I'm too handsome, and girls think I'm a player because I only sleep with women. And there's even a line about that <laughs> later. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh, and okay. then our, our fourth round out for is the Robbie. team is Robbie. And Robbie starts as a new student going to Grant University because we, you know, assume that something else happened at his old one. His parents are like very intense, like you're gonna you're gonna study, you're gonna do well, and no more of that wacky game. No more of that mazes and monsters game that you you played way too much of, and that's you got kicked out of school for playing too much. Essentially, Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. Correct. Yeah. Oh. That's insane to So me. that just guess, sets up the character, like a Robbie. You know he, like, already has <laughs> something going on in his right. life that's bigger than... Oh, yeah. This. And that's um, that's our Tom Hanks. Like, all I the other actors are, are actors, but this is the only, like, now super famous one. Yeah, he's the, the only cast. person from the whole cast that went on, I think, to have a megastar career. They probably yeah. went and did other things, but Tom Hanks is, like... Yeah, you see him name. and you'll know. Yeah. You're, you're like, yeah. So, immediately after that, he sees a flyer to join a and d group. And JJ, like, picks him out of a crowd and just pesters the living shit out of him. And he, he keeps saying no. Like, I don't want to join. I need to study this year. I need to... Oh, right. And then, He's like, well, you gotta come to this birthday party, though. Right? Because this girl will be here who I think likes you. You gotta, you gotta come. You gotta, you gotta, go. gotta come. Because yeah. you'll meet Kate. Kate will love you. Or not even Kate. It was some other girl. Some other it? girl. But that shows up. And they basically, at the party, they all just, like, peer pressure the fuck out of him to join their Mazes and Monsters game. Well, yeah. And it, I, I kind of... Give a not because Kate's all about this. Men are awful. Men are blah blah blah. She pushes harder than everybody else. She's the one who's like, "I'll be there." And that's when Robbie's like, "Well, I guess if you're there, I'll go." <laughs> you know, like because Robbie's clearly into her immediately. Oh yeah. And that was like for me. I had a moment. Where I was like, oh, "Kate, you just kind of you don't give up. You don't really fucking. What are you staying for, Kate?" <laughs> Kate? Kate was. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to her as a character. I thought she was she was very one note. But yeah. Once we get into their very first game of Mazes and Monsters, Dungeons and Dragons. It looked like a fucking seance. Like, they really had... It was super dim, and there were candles lit everywhere. And I was like, I've never played a game of D&D like this. Like, how can you read your character sheets? Like, what is It became a super cult. And all their pieces were, like, porcelain. Oh, they look How much work did you put into this? How much... I guess there's no, like, video game... Like, hobbies are few and far between in the 80s in comparison to today. They they had more time to invest into those things. But yeah, I was watching this, I was like, well, no wonder people watching this think that it's witchcraft, because they're literally portraying it as witchcraft yeah, in it, this it was this, like, conservative Christian view overtone of, like, a what this looks like to them. Like, if you're a mom, a, like, a white middle, like, Midwestern mother hearing yeah. about this for the first time, and this is probably what she's picturing when yes. she's seeing her kids play the this robes, game. robes, they're wearing, like, they're hanging out, There's they're talking spells, they're talking voodoo magic, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of just from there, like, see... Some montages, Kate and Robbie fall in love. It's like the lamest love story I think I've it's ever wor- seen in my life. It is, again, a very, one of the most like conservative views of a relationship I've ever seen. Do they ever kiss? Uh, I don't think we see them kiss I don't think we once. See them kiss once in the whole movie. Robbie tries to move in with her. And they, we don't, I've never seen them even kiss. Yeah, I didn't even know they were dating. Yeah, because Robbie has a scene where he, like, gets a bigger dorm room. And he's like, we're going to move in here. And she's like, what? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm not moving in with you. <laughs> I don't was, know. <laughs> that was odd. Yeah, that was really, really weird. And then, um, and then he, oh, God. So, so they get close. They do. They start dating. And then we get that side plot. The weirdest fucking thing about Robbie's backstory. Why, why do we, this, this. Fucking ninety degree turn. Yeah. Tell Robbie me. like opens up to to Kate and is like, 
yeah, when I was a kid, my older brother just came to my room and took all my money and he just left. He just left and he said he was going to New York, but he never calls. He, he just, this was eight or like eight years ago or something yeah. like that. He doesn't talk to my parents. My parents don't know, he don't care he exists anymore. And I feel like it's my fault and I have nightmares about it now. <laughs> Yeah, that's when you start seeing, like, Robbie, are you okay? Like, what is going on in your psyche that... And his brother's name's Hal, which is important later on in the film. But, uh, yeah, that yeah. part was a bit odd to me. He's and... got just deep psychological damage yeah. from this so. that we get out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I think a lot of this movie had a lot of things out of nowhere. Because the next thing that happens out of nowhere, what really gets me is that J.J., um, they're playing a game, and he essentially like, kills his character kind of on purpose accident. Da- Daniel kills his character. Right? No, it's JJ. Well, JJ gets his character killed. Yes. Because he goes... Okay, he so jumped, that's what like, I meant. It's like, JJ gets killed, but Daniel, as the, the DM, like, Yeah, kills Daniel was their DM. Yeah. He was like, oh, bro, there were spikes in that pit. Why didn't there you spikes, Why didn't you check? You're and now, now you're dead. Even though, even though, okay, nerd moment, right? Nerd moment. So He didn't play, even roll for damage. Right, didn't roll for damage. If you play D&D, all these guys are level 9, right? If right. one spike pit is killing you, how fucking weak are you at level 9? <laughs> What's your armor class, bro? You're level 9! You have to have enough health to survive that. Oh, our producing team would like to weigh in on this D&D matter. So this isn't really a producing note. This is your Dungeon Master note. Hi, I'm Dungeon Master. I- I'm gonna level with you guys. Um, Yeah, I really softballed you with the damage for traps. Like, some of those in the first session could have easily one-shot you. So... That part I do have to argue. No, it it's still traps can kill you. I just softballed you guys. Well, we were level three versus a level nine. A level nine. There are a lot of weird traps in the game. Yes, but when you were even going with low level traps, I. Okay, well, thank oh, you fine. for saving us all wise and knowing DM. <laughs> bigger issue here is it die. He dies. His character dies, and he has a fucking tantrum. He is so angry his character is dead. And they completely play the game. Like, this is how you can tell they didn't do any research into how to play D&D. Because they're all like, oh, your character's dead. Now we can't play with you anymore. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you can't play with him anymore? He's like, make a new character. They did say that, yeah. But then he goes, but it's going to take him forever to get back to level 9. It like, would. Just, just make mean, a level 9. Yeah, you can just make just a level Just make a level. Who is, who is, what, what fucking D&D police are going around going, hey man, did you work hard to get up to that level? You gotta start at one no matter what. Or are they just like, you gotta go find another group who's just starting out with your level one. And when it gets to nine, maybe you can Come catch back. back up with us. You'll have to go back through the dungeon yourself and you'll figure it out. Uh, and my favorite thing that this is... Oh. Uh. So, okay. So, I, I went and read a bunch of synopsi. Synopsi? Synopsi? Synopsies? Synopsies. Of that. This. This movie. Because it took a while to comprehend what happened. Um... He kills his character to force them to go into the caverns so he can commit suicide in the caverns. Yeah, I was going to talk about that next. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. Your favorite part is him no, talking okay, about suicide? Listen. Yes, because it's out of fucking left field. This kid has, JJ has the talking bird. And out of nowhere, so yeah, he kills he kills off his character because he wants to make everyone go into the cavern. The line is, you know what? No Grant student has ever committed suicide. That is the line. He is sitting there planning a suicide because he wants to be uh, remembered and be in immortality. But the way he goes about it, it's so casual out of fucking nowhere. Just like, hey, bird, no one's ever killed himself at this university. I should kill myself at this university, so I'll be remembered. And then 
it's never brought up again. Well, what, what like, confused me about it is he goes over to... And he was just hanging out with Daniel, by the way. Because I looked up a synopsis about this, too. Um, he was just hanging out with Daniel, and he goes to ask uh, Robbie if he... Or no, goes to ask Kate about doing something. And Robbie's the one who answers the door at the dorm. Yeah. And so all I, and that's when he goes into the spiral of like suicidal that's nature. Doesn't make well, so, any sense to me. So like I was like, does he want to bang Kate? No, and he's he just 16. has never talked about it. Like that's what I'm wondering. Does he have like feelings about Kate that he never explored? But in the synopsis, it says part of that is because he's lonely. He's just lonely because everyone else has people to hang out with but him. That's but the like, line that they mentioned in the film. But I was also like, you were just hanging out with Daniel. Daniel was in your dorm with you. You all were fucking chilling. Daniel doesn't have a girlfriend. He's too pretty to have a long-lasting relationship. <laughs> like, what do we... I don't understand. You were just with someone. But yeah, like, it's he's not sad. Like, he's really not that depressed. Or they don't portray it to be that way. He's literally just like, I want to be famous. I better kill myself. And then it's... Never brought up again. And because this movie is based on, loosely based on a partial true story. Yeah, so um, we'll get to It's like it. not well, really true. The the other movie, I'm thinking of something else from the other No, one. so in this one, there really was a college student who did end up committing suicide and the mother blamed it on Dungeons and Dragons. But I later, you know, I did some, some research into it and the student actually never committed suicides in the tunnels or in the sewers. He actually lived and then went and lived in New Orleans with his father for a little bit and ended up and killing then, himself two years later. But for whatever reason, twisted after yeah, that. his mom still was like, it's definitely because of this. And the writer, the, the author of the original book, whose name I didn't write down for some weird reason. Are, are we missing it? Or is it it's fine. But the author of the original Mazes and Monsters wrote the book in one day because she wanted to tell this story before any more media came out around it. So like she that's, knew that's shady as fuck, right? But so when I was watching this and Robbie starts talking or JJ starts talking about suicide, I was like, oh, so this is about JJ killing himself, and then it's never no. brought up. He no. never says it again. Doesn't ever actually come to yeah. fruition. You're forgetting we have psychopath Robbie having his problems. <laughs> yeah, at apparently night. he's the main character. Yeah, because he just uh, they, so so to speed it along, I guess JJ goes to the caverns and sets up a bunch of shit, even though they're like considered dangerous. You can get lost in there. Mm-hmm. Um, sets up, to, sets up a bunch of shit and says, Oh, we can play Dungeons and Dragons in here. And like, we can, we can LARP is what we're going to do. Gonna we're gonna say, gonna I was like, did he invent live action, LARPing? Role, live action role playing? <laughs> did JJ invent the LARP in the caverns? So they start doing it. And that was really detrimental for Robbie. Cause he's already like kind of got schizophrenia about Definitely. his whole mental situation. So he, when they go in, they're all having a blast. They're having a great time, except Robbie gets, like, alone. He gets scared. He gets scared, and he fucking hallucinates that there's an actual monster Which in there with him. Which was a horrific-looking puppet. That would be that'd be a pretty traumatizing... If I was in a cavern like that, in the dark, in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. I think that my suspension of disbelief would be high enough that if I saw some shit like that, like, rushing me... I'd fight it. I'd, I'd throw yeah. hands. I'd be terrified. But that wasn't real. <laughs> you know, he didn't know that. Robbie was having a hallucination. Know, he he was. And it was also 1980s graphics. And so yes. there was no such thing as CGI back then. Right. So, you, you know, you right. know what you were saying. Uh, yeah. And so it's definitely, you can see the shift of Robbie internalizing Purdue, his, his character, character, who's a, a cleric. Yeah. So a he's a, he's man. a, so because, you know, say, so they couldn't say D&D. They right. had to say, you know, mazes and monsters. Is cleric? So they, the at the time, from my understanding, is D&D also held, like, the rights to the names of those classes. Oh, I didn't know that. So he was a holy man a holy instead man. of a cleric. Oh. Because he couldn't be a cleric. Like, they couldn't name him a cleric. 
Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. yeah, his big thing was like, he never wanted to fight with his sword. He only wanted to use his spells. And so, but then he was he put in that situation and he used his sword. It totally rocked him mentally. It ripped him apart. Yeah. He, th- he thought he had like blood on his hands he and everything. He thought he had he... killed something. Yeah. And then he's just stuck like that now. Like yeah. he, he, in his head, even he... though like his memories still exist of all these other people and like the world... In his head, he is this D&D character mm-hmm. now. He's starting to go off, because then we see the scene of the Halloween party, and everyone's dressed up, and he's dressed oh up as god, his character. Oh my god, that was so hilarious. Everyone <laughs> else is having such a great time and partying, and people are showing up, and it just cuts to Tom Hanks, just dead face, just staring at a wall. Wearing a robe. Um, yeah, and so he really starts to... This is when we see also his, like, his dreams really start to ramp up. So, I mean, he probably has some sort of undiagnosed schizophrenia, but he's having these dreams of a prophet who is telling him you need to find the two towers to get to the great hall and you know he's he's and having is like his brother great, hall, brother right? great so. hall great hall um yeah and so he's like completely losing it and he is starting this fucking prophet tells him that he needs to be celibate <laughs> yeah. so, so he, he breaks up with kate he breaks up with kate because his hallucination in his fucking mind said no more boning it makes you dirty and you're even a though they never man. even kissed on screen they never kissed on they've never kissed on screen but we had to assume they were fucking because he breaks up with Kate being like, I'm a holy man and I need to be cleansed. Yeah. So so that all happens. And everyone's worried. Kate is worried about him. The other guys are like, oh, whatever. Yeah, He's they fine. just think, they're like, yeah, it's just Robbie being really into the game. And Kate's like, no, like, this, is, wrong. this is odd. Yeah. Well, then he disappears. Oh. Right? Because he has like that final prop. It's like, you're ready for the journey. And he's you like, go. I must go. And then he just fucking dips in. Ends up in... Well, so he heads to New York. Because yes. that's where his brother ran off to when he was a kid. So that's where the psychosis comes full circle. Mm-hmm. And they go to the cops almost immediately. They're like, we, something's not right with Robbie. We need to figure this out. We think he went in the caves. Blah, blah. Well, they don't even tell him at first. They kind of like skirt around it because they, they don't want to get in trouble. They don't want to be... Um, what is it, implicated in also being in the caves? Because the they, ex- they, they could get, get them expelled. expelled. Uh, and I just remember there's they're like... They're talking to the detectives. Like they're trying to help them out with like the map and everything. And like sneakily and i remember uh daniel says a line being like oh like you know we're just playing monsters and mad or mazes, mazes and, and monsters. monsters and the the cop says mazes and monsters is a far out game <laughs> that that investigator hates that game so much and also i love how quick the investigator was to just assume that robbie was dead oh yeah cuz he was like, just like oh don't worry we'll find the body we'll find the body it was like 2 days after it ha- after he had gone missing yeah. <laughs> And, and then um, Robbie, so when he's in New York, he um, he's running around as Purdue, as his character, and mm-hmm. he gets mugged on the streets of New York. Two idiots try to chase after him. Right, which and is aggressive. Have, they don't have weapons of their own. They do not. For some reason. But they're like, no, we're going to mug the... I mean, it's... It's 1980s. It's 1980s tiny scrawny Tom Hanks in a robe. Yeah, right. and he looked unstable, so they felt like it would be an they're easy like, two-on-one. We can take him out. And uh, he ends up fucking taking out a real pocket knife and really stabbing a guy because in his head he saw the monster again he was hallucinating mm-hmm. saw the monster and then seeing the blood on his hands like took him out of his psychosis he wakes up for a second and they by the way he leaves the guy there yes. on the ground or not, not, he runs off he with runs a stab off. wound but like yeah. that I mean, we never get that resolved i don't think he dies i mean it was a it was one stab wound it was one stab the, wound it was to the stomach wound. area and it was about a two and a half inch blade it i wasn't think long. he's I, probably fine i have a story about that never mind <laughs> maybe i'll tell them me getting stabbed story some other time brilliant but like yeah robbie um, he comes out of it he calls kate and he's like i don't he's crying he's like i don't remember yeah he's 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 fucking mortified with everything that he's done i got blood on my hands he tells him that he's in new he tells them that that he's in new york where he's jj's okay. from 
And JJ's like, my mom lives over here. Just go here and wait and we will come to you. Mm -hmm. And they're going to try to, and like all the while the gang, they're trying to put together pieces to like find where Robbie is because they found his map of the two towers. And this whole time I was like, they're not going to make that the twin towers. They're not going to. It it was. It's the twin towers. It's the actual World Trade Center. (laughs) They actually filmed it in the World Trade Center in the twin towers. And they found out. Mm. That that's where he was going. <laughs> we have a producer uh, who would like to chime in. So I, this is actually a question to spur conversation. Okay. Have you guys ever seen the inside of the Twin Towers before that shot? No. No. We were too young, I think, all of us. Yeah. We were, I was four when that happened. I was in the first grade. Um, and I've just seen, like, movies, like, I mean, I saw Remember Me with Robert Pattinson, but obviously that wasn't, like, the real... I don't Twin think it was towers. either. No, because obviously they filmed that yeah, after they They've been gone down. by then. Because he was also a child <laughs> Yeah, and when I've that never happened. seen any, like, footage of it actually. And so, it was a beautiful building. Oh, yeah. It was really pretty. I bet it was. It was very, it was odd, like, watching that, you know, in 2022, being like, oh, that's not there anymore. And, like, all those people died there. Yeah, and but, now... like, that movie, what was he said 1982? 1982. 19 years prior. I know, Right, like, whole still, lives lived in past, right? But, like, it was, it was a bit, yeah, so as they were doing that, I was like, oh, Robbie, oh, the homeless man in the, t- in the subway. Oh, really yeah, so, so Robbie goes right back into his psychosis once he gets to, uh, the subway underground. He, on like, his way to the, t- finds to, to the, the steam room. Yeah. And on his way, he meets this homeless guy. And uh, basically thinks that the homeless guy is his prophet and tells him to go to where the two towers are. Because obviously, you ask a guy in New York, hey, where are the two towers? They're going to fucking point you right at the Twin Towers. So and they does. figured out, the, the gang figures out, they're like, oh, the two towers, the Twin Towers, and the Great Hall. Do you think he means his brother Hal? Do you think Robbie's going to go to the top of the Twin Towers and jump off and kill himself so he can be with the Great Hal? Yes. Spoiler alert, that, that is exactly what happens. That's exactly um, what he does. And, and I personally think that would have been a better end to the movie. For a couple reasons. For I a agree. Because A, it would have been shorter. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and B, what we get instead actually kind of pisses me off. And it's a, it's a horrible reflection of our healthcare system. Well, what we got instead, honestly, I think hurt my heart a little bit more. So yeah. if you want, do you want to tell the people how it ends? They stop him, they get him. And, yeah, they save and, him. And his parents essentially do the equivalent of taking your old dog to the farm, right? They take him to this, like, meadow where people with psychosis can live, like a mental facility, mm-hmm. where his head, and they have no interest in curing him. He's just, here's where he's going to live till he, quote-unquote, gets better on his own. He's just stuck like this now, as he Purdue. is Purdue. And, yeah, his friends show up to come greet him, and he greets them as their D&D names. Um, and even the character that had died, JJ's character, he like greets him like, you've come back from the dead. And he has zero recollection of JJ, Kate, and Daniel being themselves and no. only adds their their characters. And it kind of like made me so sad because he's just like stuck like that. Right. Oh, before I forget, uh, Daniel and Kate then immediately get together. And why oh, yeah. that's important is they kiss and make out fucking hard immediately. <laughs> Maybe Tom Hanks had a new kiss clause in his contract. That's possible. <laughs> but, but what made me laugh more was Kate's line was, I didn't think that I should go for you because you were so handsome. I thought you were a player. 
And he's like, and I would love if he like had just taken that moment and looked to the camera and went, I fucking told you guys. I told you it's a real problem. Yeah, that's, uh, that was good. And then, so at the end, Robbie is who he is. But then they have this like scene. It's really sad. And they, they do like play one last game with him. And that's what they say. Like they pity him. They take him through the forest. They take him on one last quest. But then kind of at the end, you know, Daniel all of a sudden doesn't want to be a game producer anymore. He says he's going to go work in IT. IT. And Kate's like, I'm going to write my story. And JJ's like, I'm going to go be in the acting program. So all of them are essentially also stepping away from the game, showing that, like, not, it's not it didn't just mess up Robbie, but now by, you know, well, it's by the, association, it's also fucked them up. And they've all decided that they, they no longer want to play this game. Right. Well, it's like the mission statement of the movie by the end, right? Is to be like, let's show people the dangers of Dungeons and Dragons and why you should go and pursue more productive things in life, right? right? Even if that, and for them, they were enough to be like, even if that's acting or being a writer or whatever, right? This is me talking as a conservative Christian for a second. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than that devil worship that you do when you roll that fucking d20. You'll lose right? yourself into the character and reality will like lose all of its meaning and you'll do crazy things. You'll stab you'll a stab guy. You'll stab a guy in, a, <laughs> in an alleyway. <laughs> Granted, like, okay. Let's say he doesn't have the psychosis for a minute. Just for a second. Two guys try to mug you. And you're in a corner. And you have a pocket knife. Does that play out any differently, you think? Because I feel like Tom Hanks still goes, Hey man, get the fuck away from me. (laughs) And potentially stabs the guy. I don't think that plays out any differently. I think he's maybe a little bit less damaged by him. I think if he's he's Robbie in that moment, I think he still maybe stabs a guy that day. (laughs) Yeah, I just love him on the phone. Ah, he stabbed a guy. I killed him. I don't know where I am anymore. Yeah, the voice he does is very strange. He's so, like, <laughs> having a breakdown moment. Um, yeah, it was... Basically, the moral of the story is that Robbie had undiagnosed schizophrenia and mental health care in America, even back in the 80s, was trash. Was <laughs> historically bad. Like, horrifically so. And... Don't play D&D, kids. Don't play D&D. I think that's about all I had on that. I mean, okay. If you, before we start the next film, mm-hmm. did you like this one more? Did you like what we're going to talk about next more? <laughs> I know my answer. That's like asking me, what do you like more, cat food or raw tuna salad? Well, there is an answer. There's not. They're <laughs> there both, totally is. Have you tried like one of those? Bad. I don't know. It's like... I don't think I've ever eaten cat food. I don't know if I'm I care. I'm not going to lie. I was mildly entertained at moments, but it is an hour and 37 minutes. And I remember that because I was checking the clock every fucking two minutes to be like, how much longer is this well, movie? Well, see, this is why the next one is... P- part of why I love the next one more. Okay. Is it's 40 minutes long. That's it. That's yeah. all you... You have, a, you have essentially like an episode of like an hour-long drama. That's all you got. And I would That's say... with the commercial breaks factor. By, it goes by a lot faster. <laughs> they tell the story. <laughs> they, they, what they, they do what they came to do and they leave. And I'm here for that. Yeah. Um... Do, do our producers have anything else they want to chime in with before we head on to, to our second feature of this doubleheader? No, you're good. All right, so then the next one we watched is a 2014 short film known as Dark Dungeons based upon the comic by Jack T. Chick of the same name. Mm-hmm. This one hit me on a much more emotional spot, like personally. Okay. Not like you know, really in-depthly in any way. But, like, growing up, I was in a household that very much hated all sorts of things um, uh, whimsical, if you will, Mm. right? Like, Lord of the Rings, taboo. Harry Potter, not okay. 
um, could you Dungeons watch, and Dragons. Could you watch uh, Chronicles yeah. of Narnia? Of course I could watch Chronicles <laughs> of Narnia. But we'll talk about that because that's in this movie too. Because um, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is it's an really... allegory for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So they yes. were all about that. They were all uh-huh. about Aslan coming back from the dead and saving all the little yeah, woodland like, creatures. Like Jesus Lion Man. He is Jesus Lion Man. Okay. So you felt really... I was like, this is literally how we were, like, in Sunday school. This is how they talked about stuff like this. Holy crap. This really over-the-top, almost comical depiction of all these... Like, at the at the beginning of the film, there's all these... There's this order of dark people in a, in a spooky castle. Wearing cool robes. Wearing cool robes. And had, like, a bunch of, like, high-tech computer screens that just had maps of the USA, like, flashing. Yeah. <laughs> Why just the U.S.? It was it's just hard. only <laughs> Satan can be in the United States. Right. And they're like, how have you served the dark one recently? And one of them goes, more people have chosen to be homosexuals than ever before. And like, yes, the wonderful. Tarot card sales are through the roof. <laughs> and more people are playing Dungeons and Dragons than ever before. I don't think they say... <laughs> they say RPGs. That's what it is. They, they use they... the word RPG in this thing as a verb yeah. and like as a noun as well. Yeah. Like they call them the RPGers. RPGers. Or you want to go RPG with me? Yeah. Let's RPG. RPG. There's a whole fucking... There's okay, a we'll whole get to chant. That. <laughs> um, so basically, this film was produced um, by a kid, a kid, a man named J.R. Rawls, I, and kind he, of a kid. you gotta have, kind of a, a you gotta have a kid in your, in your heart, if you I really want to make something in, like this. I think he made it in college, and, um, so there's these things called chick tracks, which are essentially evangelical gospel comic books created mm-hmm. by Jack Chick, mm-hmm. and that, um, chick tracks are designated as an active hate group, because they're actively, <laughs> they are anti- Catholic, anti-Muslim, oh anti-homosexual, anti-everything other than evangelical Christians. And so there are... Even though Catholics were group. like first, yeah, they, they historically. Hate, these things hate Muslims the Muslims were also way before. They hate them. But so this kid, J.R. Rawls, he reached out to, to Chick and says, Hey, I want to you know make this. Can I have the rights? And Jack Chick was like, absolutely. Because he thought it was going to be... Well, and, something and, that's like gonna honor. Well, and Rawls was like, "We're gonna do a faithful depiction yes. of your stuff, knowing that a faithful depiction of this is, is batshit insane." Yeah, because it was filmed um, originally at the 2014 Gen Con, which is the largest tabletop gaming convention in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. or it's in Indiana now, but so, it's somewhere somewhere, somewhere up there. And uh, so it was premiered there. So knowing that this was made to premiere. At the largest tabletop gaming convention, you have to know, like, yes, it was made with the intent of following it to a T, but it was made with the intent to basically say, this is fucking crazy. Yeah, it was to display the fact that, like, there was no need to parody, like, to parody it in the sense right. of making it's fun of it. Because already. the source material itself is fucking comical. Yes. And so we start with two um, two young girls who yes. are childhood best friends, and they're going to be roommates. Super Christian. Super Christian. Roommates at college, and they're literally who, who their first probably scene. probably have some repressed, like, sexual feelings for oh one another. Oh my god, I'll, I thought I'll, this I'll was... argue a, that all day long. I thought this was a bad lesbian porno based on the very first, <laughs> like, the very first scene of them together. They're talking about how we're gonna spread the, the, the word of Jesus, and I'm so excited that we get to grow as people, but grow toward the Lord together. And I was like, this is, this is, this is they're, gay porn. Like, this gay. is bad lesbian you're, porn, you're, and that's gonna, exactly yeah. what this is. But they go but it to... it never happens, unfortunately. It never happens, unfortunately. They go to, like, um... <laughs> like a not quite a youth group but 
like there's it was this... like an orientation, but the leader, <laughs> like the senior who was giving the orientation, was also clearly super Christian. Yes. So maybe it was like a Christian orientation. Yeah, thing. and it basically told them like all the good things to do in college, like you know, join activities and like have hobbies and friends and like be nice. And as they're leaving this orientation, it's very like classic high school. Or, you know, like, montage scene where, like, the cool kids come in in slow motion. And they're all wearing leather. And black. And all black. And this guy's, like, all jacked. He's wearing, like, a tank top. And they, they look like trouble to these good Christian girls. And my favorite line in the whole movie is the by the Christian, like, senior who had just finished the orientation. Because they ask they ask him, yeah. like, who's that? And they go, yeah. those are the RPGers. And says... We've been trying to get them kicked off campus for years, but they're just too cool. <laughs> they're too popular. I was like, in what fucking world? <laughs> like, I love D&D. Oh, love I do too. I, I love all that, yes. that nerdy crap. But it is nerdy crap. Like, it's nerdy crap. Like, what fucking world are these the cool kids? Like, right. I can I see, people... like, a football player come out? Like, just for the sake of fixing my sanity, can I see a football player come out of nowhere and, like, door slam one of these people? Right. Like, hard. Like, I understand bullying's bad. It really is. But I need my paradigm <laughs> fixed here because this makes right. no sense. Absolutely. Like, we are avid D&D players. And I know when I tell people that, I, nine times out of ten, get that that's really fucking nerdy. Uh, yeah, it like, is. And no one, unless other people who play, they're like, oh cool like tell me about your campaign but to the rest of the world this is not cool and so yeah the fact that they're like not here they're here too it's popular, the edgy. too popular to get kicked out yeah and then <laughs> it's funny because then the, these nice little christian girls who are definitely harboring sexual fantasies about each other mm-hmm. they go to their first college party but not to party no they go to spread the word of the lord at, at the party <laughs> fucking giant frat party because <laughs> like how are we gonna spread the word of the lord if we don't make friends yeah you wonder how well it goes they get drunk that's like the, they just start drinking with everybody i don't say they get like crazy drunk but they just start drinking with everybody and partying not at the first they start drinking because one of the rpgers named nitro i love Ni- <laughs> nitro's the only name i'm gonna be real i didn't write down any names of any characters because once i heard nitro that was the only one i needed don't to worry know. i got you okay. um <laughs> <laughs> the main girls are Marcy and Debbie. Marcy and Debbie. Marcy and Debbie. Mar- Very well, classic. Which one's the glasses one? Is that Marcy or Debbie? Marcy. Marcy? Okay, that mm-hmm. helps me know for later mm-hmm. when important I got things you. happen. But so Nitro comes up and he's like, hey, ladies, like, you know, come drink. It's a party. And so he asks, I think he's like, didn't you come here to make friends? And Debbie goes, well, and he just says, I'll take that as a yes. And then like, grabs, grabs him and like, pulls him into the party. So they are drinking. But then we find out. Uh, you know, during the party, this isn't a regular party. No, no, no. it's an RPG <laughs> party. <laughs> and fucking Nitro gets up and cuts the music and is like, are you guys ready to have the main event? Let's RPG. And they start chanting. Like, like how we... RPG, RPG. And they bring out these like tables. They bring out like all their stands and their characters and everything. And then... Oh. Head honcho. Ooh, this fine, beautiful, sexy lady. She is gorgeous. I'll give her Known very, as very attractive. Mistress Frost. <laughs> Mistress Frost. Uh, she is like the DM. She is she's the DM. DM. But she's like 40, isn't she's, she? Oh, she's an absolute cougar and I wanted oh, her to she's, step she's on she's gorgeous. Me. But like, where did she come from is all I want to know. How oh, yeah, is she like... How is she legally on this campus? That's all I've just... She doesn't go to classes. She's not a teacher. Nope. She's just there. Well, she just live in the frat house? Is that what that she, is? I think she must live in the, the RPGer's house. Right. Um. Well, we do later find out that Miss Frost is... She's like an agent for the dark she's ones. She's an agent for the dark ones. Yeah, so they okay. start doing... 
um, kind of, they start RPGing. You know, the girls sit down. There's that amazing line, though, because at first the girls don't want to, like, do it. Like, they're very apprehensive. And Nitro is like, you dare refuse Mistress Frost's gifts? Yeah. And you she's dare. like, no, no, they can be, they can make the decision if they're chickens or not. Like, well, very like the first much time you like hear it, because I, I couldn't help but bust a fucking gut when she goes, now, now, Nitro, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and Nitro's just like, Nitro like pouts about it. He's like, hmm. Now, now, Nitro. <laughs> um, so they start doing this like, Really intense montage of, like, all these characters getting killed off. But this drove me crazy when they killed the character. They destroyed their miniature. Yeah, I was like, they are, burned it. And they had to fucking fuck expensive. Up. What's what? Oh, we have a producer input. Oh, man. Oh, let me, as someone who just got into miniature painting, I would throw hands. Like, <laughs> hey, really... I spent two days painting this guy and you're just going to crush him, Nitro, you fucking prick. Yeah, they, like, they crush him, they throw him in the fire, and I was like, those are really expensive and take a lot of time to put together. What the yeah. fuck? But, I mean, it was, like, symbolic to say, like, you're dead, you're out. No, I get it. I get how bored I'd fucking be if I wasn't one of the people playing. Because only, like, six people play the game. Right. Everyone else in that entire party has to just sit there and be quiet They did. They had, like, an audience, like, like, a, like huddled around them. Like, it was, like, a cockfight or something. You know, like, something <laughs> really ridiculous. exciting. And everyone is, like, trying, like, the, I'll, I'll give them the credit. They did the party scene well. Like, it's hard to, like, when you're in a small, like, short film, stuff like that, it's kind of hard to depict a party well. Right. And the party part was great. The D&D part made me fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, it was I don't odd. need people, like, I thought about this, because at first I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to have, like, an audience who actually wanted to watch me play D&D. No, I'm... We say the dumbest things during D&D that I really I don't, don't need other people. I just people. don't feel like people would have fun <laughs> no. watching, like, cause we would laugh at our own dumb bullshit, right. that's about it. Yeah, exactly, because right? we're the ones doing it, but I can't imagine anyone would, like, sit and... But then again, mm. there are, like, critical Well, there's, like, critical role, See, but I feel like and, that's you know, all partially other... because those are really charismatic people who They're are just funny in general. professional voice Right, actors. that's, that's <laughs> what they do, right? Like, that's... that's Entertainment of that caliber right. is just on their repertoire. Yeah, we can say these right? people playing were not anywhere on the level of critical role or yeah, any yeah, other and, professional and, type. Yeah, and we'll... Yeah. yeah I'm they, jealous, but we, we could never do something We like start that. to see the girls, like, really get into RPG. Like, they start skipping classes... Yes. They start staying up all night. They start dressing edgy they like everyone else. They start dressing edgy. They're basically going on a D&D bender. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. for days They're, they're doing what, what Robbie did in the last movie, just minus all the psychosis and plus crazy. Oh, we're going to pause. Wait. <laughs> All right, cool. I had to make sure that they weren't going to stop here. Yeah, sorry, gang. Um, we we do live in Los Angeles. I just do a lot of illegal things, and I don't <laughs> I don't need that right now. Uh, yeah. So they basically go on this D and D bender, and they're like, they're not going to class. They're starting to flunk out of school, and then the teacher, she's like, um, so Debbie, yeah, the one, um, the one that's the the magic user. She has the power. Yeah, she goes she, she like, can actually like. So that's yeah. the thing too is like she not can yet. actually fucking well, cast not spells. Yeah, but she goes to her teacher. And, you know, she's like, what can I do to pass this class and his advice to her? You know, because this is also very much a porno moment. I thought he was going to be like, go go down on me right now or some yeah. shit like that. Like, like, some I, very predatory shit. I know how you can pass this class. Like, I totally thought I was going to whip it out. And he just says, quit the RPGs. <laughs> Which is fucking ridiculous. And so instead, she, like, actually learns magic. Right, and so that's the next step. Mistress Frost is like... Debbie, or calls her her real name, which is like her, uh, like her, Elk her Feather or... Some shit. <laughs> I like Elk Feather. <laughs> I don't think that was it, but it was It's something. absolutely not Elk, elk Feather, but it is now. Elf Heart? Elf Heart. That sounds right. I like Elk Feather. Okay, Elk Feather, but I think it's Elf Heart. <laughs> it, and then when she grabs like her... That sounds like Elf Fart. And, thank you. She's like, you're level eight now, so now you get to 
do real magic. And this girl learns legit magic. And there's a scene where she's doing her spells, and it looks like the the la- it looks like the language from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it looks like Elvish. I don't <laughs> know how like, you don't get how they don't get sued for that. It's but. definitely the official Elvish yeah. language that they're using. <laughs> Probably because they didn't monetize this. Oh, they didn't. I don't think they made any I'm money sure, on I, this. It was oh, a Kickstarter. Oh, okay. So it was just like. Yeah. We just want to make it, be it, was, fun. it was a Kickstarter campaign. Okay. All right, cool. Um, and so she learns real magic and then she uses magic on her teacher to get an A on her on her paper. And it works. And it works. And, and even he's like, I don't know how she did that. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then he just fucks off. He's like, he whatever, that's fine. She's using real magic. But remember, so Marcy and Debbie started this together. Yeah, well, and so Debbie's leveled up and Marcy's Marcy is still, still is only low. level seven. So she was like, can we go, it goes to the Mistress Frost, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, can we do something harder yeah. that'll help me level up so that I can also do the cool yeah, spell Marcy's things? Yeah, Marcy's like, I want to do magic. I want to serve the cause. And Mistress Frost is like, are you guys ready to take it to the next level? Kind of like the cavern <laughs> thing in the last movie. <laughs> you know, clearly patented by uh, by JJ, they decide to indulge in L-A-R-P. <laughs> They're like, what? Live action role play. Yeah, they quote call it the stronger stuff. Yeah. Is LARPing. Well, and did. they're like not allowed to break character at all. No, <laughs> like they're she, not. She asks Marcy, she's like, what is your name? And she says, uh, Marcy. And Mr. Frost just straight up Fucking slaps back. her. She gets real immediately. <laughs> Frost backhands the shit out of her. Right across the face. She's like, oh, I mean, I'm thorn... Whatever, like whatever the her was. fucking name is, thorny one, whatever. And it's so funny, like how they and they start. Well, then they're like, you gotta, f- you have to face your foe. And low key, the outfits they put on, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, pretty badass. I, it was good larping. I was I'll pretty impressed. Was I was LARPing. like, that was pretty good larping. Well, then Nitro comes out because they're like, you have to fight somebody now to yeah. to beat this dungeon that you're in. Well, the plan is that Mistress Frost and the the evil ones who are so, um, they needed Marcy. To read the Necroma- Necro- Necronomicon. Yes, Necronomicon to help raise Cthulhu right. from the depths. So they made it part of the, yes. the so, thing. So part of the LARP is that, you know, Debbie or Marcy's reading the Necronomicon, brings up Cthulhu, but to get the full thing processed, one of the two of them needs to kill themselves willingly. Yes. To complete the the takeover of Cthulhu, so that's when they they bring out Nitro to beats the living shit. Like literally, like is holding an axe to her actual neck, and she's like, "Debbie, like save me, save me!" And Mistress goes to Debbie. She's like, "If you save her, you're out of the game." And Debbie's so wrapped up in in RPGing that she's cool. That she like she, like not really, but she lets it happen. Lets it happen, and then he gets off of Marcy, and she her character's dead. Right, which sends her into this spiraling depression because now Frost is like, you can never associate with her. You can't yep. be around she's her anymore. Dead. You she's can't talk to her anymore. She's dead to you. Mm-hmm. Which leads her, within like a week, yeah, really not quickly. even a week, it was very fast. she fucking hangs herself. Yeah, so Marcy hangs herself in her dorm room because she was so distraught over having her character die. Indeed. And not being able to hang out with her <laughs> and friend And not being anymore. able to hang out with Debbie anymore. It sounds like they were pretty disturbed to me. They're, again... Really Lesbians. insane, yeah. She like was sexual, in love with like her. they want, yeah. I could never see that was Debbie person. again. I might as well die. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> My heart was there. Right, and so then you know Debbie's very distraught. She's like, Marcy killed herself. Why? It's just a game. And she's like, I have to, I have to avenge this. I have to fix this. And mm-hmm. she like gears up with whatever the her stuff is, mm-hmm. and decides that she needs to go into basement of this university to fight all of the evil stuff down there 
Which I guess maybe they referenced earlier in the film. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, the sewers. Yeah, they reference that. Yeah. yeah, in in the tunnels. That was also referenced in Mazes and Monsters. They just did yes. it as caverns instead, and then in this one. Yeah, because it like it, it's going back to that story the about tunnels. the actual. Yeah, yeah, the actual person dying in the tunnels. Uh, also, she goes down there, and there's a real fucking monster. There was, yeah, like, like a real thing. Yeah, she well, fights. because the Necronomicon has been read, so real monsters are starting to come out. Yeah, but she gets away from it, and they never touch it again. Yeah, no, like they she never doesn't kill it. it. No. <laughs> Well, we can only assume that the power of the Lord kills it because... Oh, right, right. So she loses the fight that she, she thought she was going to win. She realizes that she fucked up. Marcy's dead. She realizes... Because Mistress Frost tells her, she's like, Marcy was weak. We only needed her to read the Necronomicon. We have the real power. and We're rising Cthulhu to take over the world. And Marcy's And there's like, even like a really bad Debbie. CG of Cthulhu starting oh, looked, to materialize. It was really bad. But I got to give them props because this was a Kickstarter. I mean, they put in the work. They put in the work. It was pretty bad, though. Yeah. But then... Debbie goes to church. Well, goes because uh, uh, the fucking... Chad. The fucking Chad from the beginning, the senior who gave the orientation, was like, you have to remember, you can't try to use dark forces against dark forces. Only the power of Jesus can fix this. And that all I could think was, every episode of Bible Man that I was forced to watch as a child came rolling back to me immediately because I was like, this is how every episode ends. This is literally every... This is every piece of fucking... Me, like Christian media shoved down my throat when I was a kid is this is what happens here except for the end which we'll talk about in a second so they go to church and he, she like gets on her knees and professes for the pastor who is like way over the top like you must profess and be healed and be healed I say yeah, evangelical yeah I was right. like you have to burn these dark items yeah and talks about like hating the works of J.R.R. Tolkien yep and um, C.S. Lewis. And all I could think was, those were both outspoken Christians. A Catholic, I think. But, well, at but least... There were witchcraft. Jared Tolkien was... was. But I thought C.S. Lewis was an evangelist. I don't know. There was witchcraft in there. Just, there it's was... just funny how outspoken it's against those two It's almost like you're is. trying to apply logic to them. And that just doesn't <laughs> work. <laughs> so, so... She what, prays. So, she prays, and it's the prayer that literally unravels everything yeah. the, she, like is, she shirks off all of the spirits of the evil she ones she burns her her player's handbook right well so like in that prayer though cthulhu disappears yeah a lightning bolt hits the fucking spooky castle that has all the dark ones in it and they all die instantly yeah. <laughs> our secret lair and then it ends with them at a bonfire all the christians just burning the literature and all the handbooks from the te- they literally have a book burning <laughs> Like, that's the right thing to do. And I thought there'd be more. And then the credits roll. And that's it. That was literally it. end on book burning was the answer. And Marcy still died. Marcy's still super dead. Yep. There could totally still be a monster down in those in the I basement. I would like to believe that if Cthulhu was thwarted, the one from the basement was also probably thwarted. That's fair. So that's you fair. grew up in a really religious household. So like you were saying, yes. like this this sort of message and sorts this was something that was like indoctrined into you. This as a has child. vacation Bible school. Is this like the stuff that they would teach? Because I didn't grow up in a in a religious home. So like he, watching this, I was like, this is so far fetched. Like why would they ever think that this was real? But you like This, this isn't is it. as far off as you think. Really? Yeah. So this is absurd to like the average person. But growing up, and I know our producer over there can probably attest to this and you're welcome to to chime in whenever you'd like. Uh, just you know. Uh, growing up Every year, they came out with new videos for kids, mm-hmm. specifically for kids' church and for something called Vacation Bible School, which I, is like I always this, saw the banners for it. It's like a summer school for Christian kids where you take like a week and you just go and, and learn all these things. Yeah. And, and it was always this like demonic sort of 
depiction of, of normal shit that should just be considered normal and be fine, but because it's not within, like, the perfect guidelines of, you know, white evangelist Christianity, mm-hmm. white American evangelist Christianity, it's considered wrong. And it's always some... And it sucks because they do it through, like... they It's kind of manipulative. Because a lot of the time, one of the ones I remember is there's this little beaver puppet. I don't know its fucking name, but it would go to different places and have adventures and have to remind all these people in despair that God fixes all and all this sort of stuff. And he would pray with them and then that would fix the thing that was going on. No just, matter what they were going through. Just like how Debbie <laughs> it's literally brought that. up Cthulhu, but the second she prayed to Jesus, he's like, I don't hope. Yeah, but think about it like the Muppets. Like, think about it, like, like take this movie and put it in the context of, like, I mean, like Kermit the Frog going and helping somebody. That's, well, isn't that just VeggieTales? Yeah, VeggieTales <laughs> is a little better about it because they're... They hide it a they, little better, I feel well, like. Well, I don't know if they're trying to hide it that much, though. They're just like, here's a depiction of a Bible story, That's pray, true. blah, 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 blah. Whereas, oh, Okay. Hit us with it, producers. Uh, I was just going to say, I remember very, very vividly in, you know, I don't know, middle school or high school, we did VBS at our church every summer. And I remember very specifically one of our pastors going, hey, we should go out, try and find, you know, low-income families that need their kids to be out of the house for a couple days during the summer because we can get those kids in and help out the parents. And it wasn't explicitly stated, but it was pretty much, let's get the kids to be Christian. Whoa. Oh my God. That's like almost as bad as like army recruitment going to the low poverty. Like the- right. <laughs> but you know, it was, it was always said as, Yo. let's help out the parents. But it was never, it was always kind of implied. Whoa. You all so, are out here trying to convert the poor kids? Yeah. So you think that's an isolated thing, but all the way up through high school, that was shit that- we did. There was this giant conference that happened once a year, and I don't know if if our producer Ethan knows about it or not. But it was called Dare to Share. And oh, would, yeah. yes. And I went every year. My parents <laughs> paid to make sure I go every year. And a big piece of it was they would find like whatever town was in that year. Like the one I remember the most was Lincoln, Nebraska. We went to, which is a, a not fabulous town. Like it's got some nice stuff, but there's a lot of low income stuff too. A lot of like a lot of people just loitering around because they have nothing better to do. There were like ten thousand kids there from like. 12 to 17 Mm -hmm. one day was dedicated to just going out and trying to get people to become christian and getting them to come back to like the the super dome thing it was at they'd be let in for free and professing their love to jesus christ in front of everybody this is very strange that was that was part of what we did and that was what it was and i hate to say this but it fucking got like it had me for a couple years i was drinking the i was drinking the jesus punch you almost through it. almost till like the beginning of high school I do was you drinking think the jesus that punch. had you seen this film while you were still in the the thick of it do you think you would have looked at this film in a different light absolutely really i think i would have seen this and been like well yeah you shouldn't play D. there's like demonic shit with yeah that. there's like magic with it like you, you shouldn't like, do this. Might you're, gonna actually, get, like, like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna create some fucking bullshit for yourself wow yeah i absolutely i would have absolutely... drank that punch i would have i would have i would have ate that red pill all so day long. when did you start playing dungeons and dragons when did i start uh halfway through high school it was actually with a girlfriend who my parents hated because she was very anti-christian and she got me into it. She so got li- Barrett into it, actually, at the same time. <laughs> so you literally started playing Dungeons & Dragons with an anti-Christian woman. This seems exactly like you played right into Satan's hands. <laughs> That's how they saw it. <laughs> That's how they saw it. So, but she, see, I wouldn't, looking back on it, she was right. The, the ex now was, was right in all of her words. She was very, very mean about it, though. She didn't need to be so petty with my parents. Aww. Like... My mom would be like, oh, yeah, I don't know about all that Dungeons & Dragons witchcraft stuff. You shouldn't, you know. 
all that fake stuff that leads you away from God. And she would be like, well, you know, God's fake stuff, so it's fine. Ooh, and I'm fair. like, please don't say that to my mother at I the just, dinner table. Well, while our, Like, she would say that my, shit while we were all eating dinner together. And my aggressive. whole family, with a very Christian father and a very Christian little brother, she would just... she. Okay. trigger right like shoot that's, her fucking shot that's at a death. lot i i would have handled it being like thank you so much you think i could do actual magic <laughs> <laughs> yeah no thanks there for was... thinking i'm like spooky and powerful enough to really wield the power of cthulhu like that's so cool well she she would say things like that too but again in a very mean way <laughs> she'd be like well are you afraid i'm gonna cast a spell on you and I'd be like, and your mom's like, yes. I'm like, mom, don't fucking like, please, can we not? <laughs> Yo. Well, see, and part of it was she was like, you need to get. That was her name. I'm not gonna say last names, and might even bleep that out even. Um, to come to church, and I <laughs> and it and I asked once, and that was for a very much like a end of my religion moment when I talked to her about it, and she was almost in tears because of how pressured she felt to need to conform to this horrific belief in her head that was very because she had. She's very L- she's in the LGBTQ uh, community. She has a lot of friends who were, and sh- she saw the persecution firsthand from yep. religion, and was very much like, "You're trying to make me go to this with you," and she she was crying by the end of it. And I realized in that moment just how much of a kind of a piece of shit I was being about it in mm. the moment, and realized that this isn't really something I want to subscribe to anymore. And that's kind of where my. Uh, to her credit, you know, she, it worked. I didn't, it worked. So, I, okay. I diverted. D&D separated him from the Lord. Uh, and it just kind of went from there. But, uh, <laughs> so when did, when did you start playing D&D? Recently. I, I started within the last year because I had always wanted to play. Um, like, I definitely, I'm an improviser. I love being an actor. And I was like, I think I would have a lot of fun. Like, both my brothers always played. But we didn't live together when they were playing. And so, like, there was no way to get into it. Like, none of my friends played or anything. And then I kind of peer pressured Barrett into starting the campaign we're in now. Because I was like, hey, Barrett, like, I've been doing all this research. Like, I really want to play D&D. And I know you and your friends have played before. And I know you're a DM (laughs) sometimes. And kind of was like, please, 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 please. I'm so glad you got him to say yes. Because he he did not want to DM for a while. (laughs) Partially because of how much work. Oh, it's a lot of work. Speaking of the devil, talk to uh, us. Hit it, hit it, Barrett. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, I've gotten. In fact, I think I've gotten a little too into it because. I got some plans. I got some plans for future stuff. He's gonna Um, kill us. Are you? Um, Are you enjoying yourself? I I think now I am. I think after we got out of the first like, because we just finished like our first adventure, and I think because it was solo level, I mean, I felt a little bored. Um, but I think that's just because it is a very, it is an introductory adventure, you know, but this next one, I guess being able to add a lot of my own flair and like story and background and like meat to the process. So you thought it was boring. Sorry, when... sorry we bore you. Yeah. Sorry that we bored you when Thoris almost died by a rat. No, I, I'm saying that like, I guess the options <laughs> that I was given as a DM were boring. Okay. Here are I your rats oh, no. and skeletons. Do I get anything else? No. Oh, that's fair because we are yeah. following a uh, one of pre-written. the pre-written mm-hmm. guides. It's not a homebrew or anything, but I am honestly having so much fun. Like, I got a custom-made miniature um, online that looks like my character. I like have D and D Beyond, go over my character sheets. Like, I'm so jazzed to level up to start unlocking some like level two bard spells. Like, it's a lot of fun, and it's it's so creative. Like, yeah, it's is it nerdy? It's fucking. It's basically it's so nerdy. It's fantasy football. Real? That's such an interesting. Because comparison. I also listen. I also play fantasy football. So do I. And 
it's based on points of something you have no control over, just like a dice roll. I have no control over a dice roll. Right. I have no control over when Christian McCaffrey gets injured, even though he was my first round pick. Every year. Every year. Just so, he's but, like, getting traded. Just wait for it. Oh, it's yeah. Coming. But you, like, you don't have any control over that. And so you're sitting here, you know, fates be damned. And, you know, everything is up to fate. Everything is up to a roll the dice, essentially, of what points you're going to get. What interactions you're going to have? Is your player going to get hurt? Is your player going to succeed? Is your player going to get a touchdown? It's all, you know, random. And so when I see these, like, jock guys being like, oh, D&D so nerdy. I'm like, oh, you play fantasy football, though. And they're like, yeah, of course. I'm like, oh, that shit's just as nerdy. It's like, like, just as nerdy. Oh, yeah. I love telling that. It's My- all the same. You're role-playing as a head coach, essentially picking your perfect football team. Well, that's the shit. That's, the, that's for me, fantasy football is the thing I bring up with my older brother because he's very, like, stereotypical masculine and I need to be front forward and I need to be manly man. So whenever I bring up something about film or stuff like that, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he just makes fun of it in any way he can, right? Because he's, yeah, that, he's like, that I'm going to... I was like, who? you play fucking fantasy football, bro. <laughs> right. Like, it's the same. And so... Like, what, do you, what do you mean? I or or also, really also, I can be like, you also love fucking disc golf, all right? You like throwing... <laughs> You like throwing $25 plastic Frisbees at a metal pole, okay? Like That is nerdy. What are you, what are you gonna, like... Disc golf, I think, is the nerdiest of You the fucking ranted activities. at me about these really nice shorts you bought that let you breathe, let your fucking dick breathe more while you throw this goddamn Frisbee at a metal pole 300 feet away and how you're better at it because of that. Like, come on, man. <laughs> we're, we're through it, dude. You wanna, like... Not, not to put you on blast, but I gotta give this to you, Cody, because I love you to death. You're a fucking dentist, dude. Like... <laughs> it's awesome, and I'm thankful for you, and I love you to death, but just embrace your nerdiness, man. It's time. It's, it's time. time. You're going to be a dad soon. It's time to let it happen. Yeah, I, I think through D&D, I've really been able to embrace more of my nerdiness, and I love it. And you know, after watching these films, I think I like D&D more now, because I'm like, hell yeah, like people hate this, and I'm like, yeah, it's so much fun. I don't get how you can even, like, I feel like everyone who hates it is just ignorant to, like, what it is. I think they haven't, like, they haven't really given it a shot yet. I have met some people who have tried and, like, didn't like it, which I get, like, it's we, not for you. We did as well. And it's like, and I understand that, but I think the majority of the people, if they do, a, like, a one-shot or something, I just don't think people have the attention span for it, because no. I think we're getting to a point in time where people don't use their imagination as much. Well, see, that's what I was going to say is anyone creative, like creatively driven mm-hmm. in any facet likes D&D. is going to like D&D because yeah. it just gives you the opportunity to just let those juices just go. You're you know playing. I mean? You're make-believing. You're RPGing. Yeah. <laughs> RPG. RPG. And I think now in the, in the, in the realm of, you know, screen media, it, it certainly is, I think, taking away a lot of creativity and I, D&D is the catalyst to like use your fucking imagination bro fun. it's fun and you can make it whatever you want like i'm <laughs> stereotypically masculine i'd say i'm, I'm kind of a chad what sometimes. no <laughs> <laughs> but but you can still have fun with that and, and be creative like i i play a half orc who subscribes to a religion that is literally like the one thing in life is getting crushed by a giant woman and that's <laughs> That's so much fun to me that I can be that weird, stupid bullshit and, and actually be like my character is serious about it and have a great time. Like I, I think it's wonderful for that reason, mm-hmm. and I think D and D is something that everybody should try at least once. Agreed. Um, and these films, despite what them religious, yeah, these films did not dissuade us. Um, yeah, like you said, I want to play more. Yeah, I want to play more. Do you have any, you know, final thoughts? Does anybody have any final thoughts on our our dungeons? I think this was a wonderful episode. <laughs> Producers? Oh, yeah, I think you about covered it. Yeah. 
I believe we've gotten everything can. Uh, this has been our episode of Jabber Mouse. I've been JD. And I'm Georgia. And uh, I think it's about time to check in with Ethan and Barrett. They were thinking about doing something sexy with one another, I think. Barrett, what happened? Oh, oh boy. Yeah, so you kind of let a dominatrix stuff all your dice up your ass, and you blacked out when your D20 toy Uranus. I guess you could say the night was a critical fail. Okay, you just lost your morphine privileges. No. All right, no, no, give me the tube. No, well, we, we hope you no. enjoyed Jab Routes. We'll see you next time. Now, give me that morphine drip. Don't fight me. No, give it back.